Well, you may be seated, and good morning. <laughs> and I'm Brian. <laughs> oh, many of you know me. I'm just going to take a quick moment to introduce myself. Um, I'm not a fr- uh, stranger here. I almost said a German word. The German word for foreigner or stranger is fremd. Sounds very much like friend. But I'm not a fremd. I'm not a, f- a stranger here this morning. I've been here many, many times over the, over the last few years. Good to see so many familiar faces. My wife and I were missionaries in Germany. Uh, you can go ahead and throw up that slide. You can see a little picture of my wife and my three kids there. Um, Abigail, Nathaniel, and Gabriel. Uh, there's some information about us if you'd like to look up a little bit more about what we're doing. I'm going to give you about three minutes this morning about what God has been doing in Germany. And then we're going to jump into the message that God's put in my heart for you. But I would like to say first and foremost, uh, a big, big thanks to Pastor Paul and Leslie my wife and my, and my kids, we just absolutely adore you guys and your kids, and it's just such a blessing. You know, we didn't have, I didn't have a chance to bring up the family here uh, this trip, but we made an effort, and they opened up the door. And so on my trip through the States, we actually stopped about three weeks ago or four weeks ago, and we had a wonderful day just to hang out because we just love you guys, and we just thank you guys so much. And I'm always just, when I come back, I just feel so blessed to be at Bridge and just always just amazed at what God is doing. A special thanks to also to all the leadership and the pastoral staff and the people that have been praying for us over the years. I've been coming here for about 10, 11 years, so like I said, many of you would know about our story. But I want to give you a little snippet for those of you who don't know and some updates about what God is doing in Germany. God sent us to Germany six years ago. I had been a missionary in Africa for eight years prior to that. So my wife and I, we learned Swahili together in Tanzania. My kids weren't born yet, so I'm very thankful. We have our secret language at the house. When I don't, whenever I don't want my kids to understand what we're talking about, we break out into little Swahili. Hallelujah for that. And, uh, and the kids just look at me like, what language are you speaking? Of course, they know now about this Swahili. And, uh, but then God brought us out of Tanzania and then took us to Germany. And many people told us, you know, Germany is a very difficult place. And although I would say that actually I have found that to be true. But, you know, just like that song we were just singing, it says out of the ashes he's going to raise something up. Why? Because he's a king and he's alive. And Jesus is alive in the most difficult situations. Jesus is alive in the most difficult of lands. And in the ashes of the Reformation and secularism that had completely swarmed over Germany and so many people just really don't either care about God or they never even think about God. Now, it's really hard as an American to contemplate that, but Germans, many of them, literally just don't even think about God because it's too ethereal. It's too out there. So, eh, why bother? You know, if, if there's anything out there, it'll sort itself out later in their, in, in, in their minds, you know, posthumously after they die or something like that. So they literally just don't think about it. But we went and we just trusted the Lord that God was going to move and break through. And I got a great, great update and report. So we're now six years into it. We've had the privilege now to launch a multi-site church. We now have three campuses. Hallelujah. And uh, so with all those people that said, no, it's too difficult. You know, God, you know, it's God's moving, but Germany's hard. God is moving. Germany's hard. And God is moving in hard Germany. How about that? (laughs) And, uh. And so we started a church in, in Oberursel, and many of you know the, the story there. 
Um, you know, we had some refugees that, come up, uh, that came in from this refugee wave, and uh, we had the opportunity to baptize between 30 or 40 Iranians. Two of them now feel called to full-time ministry, you know, a few years later. Uh, Frankfurt's become a gateway city, so we have so many immigrants coming from around the world. We have over 200 nationalities, more so, in, in, in Frankfurt at the moment. People come from South America, North America, from Africa, from Asia, from everywhere, and converging in Frankfurt. And so our, our, our congregation is completely intercultural. We're German-speaking, so I, my wife and I had to learn German as well, and, uh, but I do preach in German, and the Germans put up with me. Thank God for that. Um, and I always told Janine, I said, well, if I can preach to somebody who went to college in German and uh, they come back, then I know I'm not doing too bad. So far, I think some do come back. So I'm doing all right. Okay. <laughs> And uh, the congregation has grown and blessed, and we're watching lives be transformed. And we launched our second campus. It's the last time I was here. We launched our second campus in Frankfurt, and we've had a lot of challenges. I'm not going to lie, but we're watching the church now grow and break through in the city of Frankfurt. And we recently just launched a third campus, actually through another brother, an Indonesian-speaking campus. So can you throw up that slide, that first slide real quick? Um, I'm going to just show you this picture, because, and then I'm going to jump into... Um, I jump into uh, the, the message. This just happened about mm, about five weeks ago. Germans love gospel music. They absolutely love gospel music. And it's a long story, and I don't really have time to go into it why, but there's an affinity that they have with it. And so we brought a, a, a black gospel choir from my home church in Virginia Beach, and we did a partnership project with people from our church because there's actually black gospel choirs all throughout Frankfurt's absolutely fascinating. It's wonderful. And so we did this joint project and we had, it was an outreach and we had the chance to fill up this hall, which is the main city hall in one of our churches. We had to turn people away. We had a 450 people in this hallway, in this hall. We had to turn people away and say, sorry, the presence of God so <laughs> saturated that room. One quick testimony. So they're singing, they come to the end of a sto- uh, one of the songs and the presence of the Lord was so tangible. People began to cl- clapping and applauding. It wasn't the end of the concert, and they just kept going, and they kept going. They didn't stop. Nobody was doing anything at this point. They just kept clapping and applauding. Nobody's standing up, kind of egging them on. Come on, let's go. You know, they're just they're standing there, and they're just clapping, and the presence of God was increasing as they're, as they're applauding. Now, most of these people, probably out of the 450, I would say 400 of them were unsaved people, but I realized, and the Holy Spirit, you know, just showed me, said, Brian, they're responding to me, and they don't even know it. They're worshiping me right now, and they don't even know. For the first time, many Germans that day experienced the presence of God in, in a manifest way. And this is what we're experiencing right now in our church. So thank you. Thank you, Bridge, for praying for us, investing into what God is doing in Germany. You are part of it. I want you to know that. Just like you're doing Missions Landale, you got Mission Frankfurt, too. <laughs> So thank you. Hallelujah. You've invested. And this is fruit six years later. This is stuff that God's doing. I have an amazing team. We've got a pastoral staff now. These are Germans. They're, they're doing it. Honestly, I'm here. I don't have one, one shadow of doubt in my mind. In fact, they're, they're just going on. I'm hearing great reports, even as I'm in America, to touring around. They're leading the church. And we're already planning for our next four church plants in the next four years. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise this morning. Uh, the next slide real quick. Uh, I'm not sure what else I have. That's just a picture from one of our worship nights. Is there another slide there before I dive? And this is just one to kind of close off. We're still working in Tanzania because you also have prayed for us in Tanzania as well. 
This is the conference I just did about uh, six weeks ago. We launched a network of churches about 20 years ago. We had 100 leaders at this conference. They've just planted seven churches in the last, seven year, uh, in the last year, and they're getting ready to plant a lot more in Islamic areas. And so I also want to let you know what you guys have been praying for, what God is doing. And can I honestly say, I'm at a point where I'm just kind of like, God, this is completely out of my control. It always should have been, by the way. But it's completely out of my control, and I'm just watching you touch and change lives. So, Bridge, thank you for being a part of what God's doing in the world. This morning, I want to transition to something that God's put in my heart for you. I actually was going to go a different direction, and I, uh, God arrested me and, uh, in a very nice way and um, actually moved my heart to kind of address something different. So I want to talk to you this morning for the next few minutes on the subject, faith for the next step. Today is Baptism Sunday that you guys have once a month. And maybe there's some of you that this morning you didn't come prepared or you came prepared mentally in your heart and you're welcome. God's going to speak to you about the next step of even getting baptized and identifying yourself with Christ. And you've made a public confession, but you're saying, I'm really ready to take that next step and to be baptized. Maybe here for you, some of you this morning, you've never made a public confession to Jesus Christ. You've kind of been in process, and that's good, because you, when you really make that decision, you're saying, I want to be a follower of the Master Jesus. I want to be the follower of Jesus, and it's good to work out the, these, these decisions and the process, but maybe today, your next step is to make a decision for Christ. Maybe for somebody else, it's to make a decision just to do that next step in your own personal walk with God, or your marriage to focus on that a little bit more, your children or in your work, but to take a step of faith and pursue that job opportunity that you've been holding back because you think, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. There's stories of faith around the world. People who have taken the next step and trusted the Lord. It could be somebody who has a special needs child and every day they wake up and say, God, help me to love this child the way you would have me love them. I recently made a decision um, I started, I'll just tell you, I I started a PhD program about 12 weeks ago, (laughs) Um, and it's killing me, to be honest. Uh, I'm not sure. I knew I didn't really have time for it, but I really felt the Lord told me to do it. And the first five weeks, I woke up almost every night in cold sweats. (laughs) I'm not lying. And that wasn't, it wasn't cold sweats that made me feel fuzzy inside. It was cold sweats like, ah! (laughs) And uh, I did it because out of obedience, I felt the Lord... And I prayed, you know, I kept processing, and the Lord said, no, I really do have this for you. And I wanted to do it. It's not like I was fighting it, but I was nervous. That was a step I needed to take. It was something that God had put before me, but it wasn't easy. But now I'm watching God use it, and he's transforming and already using it and giving me grace to do it. I'm excited when I see people who have courage, faith, excitement for trying to take the next thing, and, and anxiousness as, as someone, just sort of told some of my own junk and put it out there, as someone who's given to anxiousness pretty much my whole life, to be honest. And it's not always been easy, but I've always watched God quell my anxiousness and bring a peace. As someone who's given to it, when I hear stories of people who overcome, we're going to read a story in the Bible in just a moment about someone who did just that. And I believe that is part of your story. But your story is your story. God can give you and help you and equip you and empower and give you hope to take the next step for where you need to go. 
So this message isn't to say, well, look at Brian and look at somebody else and what he did so I can be. No, this is a message. We're going to look at someone in Scripture who responded to Christ and simply said, I'm going to take the next step towards him and whatever that meant for her in that moment. Let's open our Bibles to Mark chapter 5. We're going to have the passage up on the screen as well. You can go ahead and throw it up there, brother. And uh, I'm going to read. I actually forgot what version this is. I do apologize. I think this is the NIV. And uh, here it says, A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, I think the next, yeah, thank you, brother. At once, Jesus realized that the power had gone out from him and turned, he turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? That's such a fantastic story. I'm sure you've noticed that before. In a crowd of people, everybody's bumping into him, right? Everybody's running into him. It's not like nobody's touching him. But there was one woman who was longing to touch him and receive something from him. And she had this powerful encounter with Christ, even though everybody's touching Jesus. He's like, wait, 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 wait. Something just transpired. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said, your daughter, your faith is healed. You go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Now, the background of Mark, this Mark is, a, is a, a book. It's a, written about the power of God and the kingdom of God. Mark writes to an audience. He's trying to show them the, just the magnificence of Christ, declaring his, his supremacy and that he's all-powerful. And we sort of read throughout the book of Mark these crazy stories of how we intersection between the divine and the natural, heaven coming to earth, if you will. A model that even you and I here on earth can experience. A model is a church that we, we should be interacting with heaven, seeing heaven come and encounter us and filling us, of course, as the Holy Spirit. And even Pastor Paul mentioned that a few minutes ago. And here's this woman. She's stuck. She's stuck because for years she had been bleeding. And that simply meant that, honestly, she was unclean. According to Judaic law, Judaic law is an unclean woman. Her interaction with other people then was limited. Other people wouldn't go near her. Now think about this. What kind of isolation would that create? What kind of frustration for 12 years? Not only was she isolated, she gave all of her fortune away trying to get the best care that she possibly could to no avail. I mean, her situation was kind of hopeless. Her situation was kind of dire, right? She was chronically sick. She was isolated. She was ostracized. She had given everything. And she had nothing. Now, it points to my life, and I'm sure like yourself, you have also felt in a similar way. You've given all. You tried all. 
friends and other people maybe had isolated you and ostracized you and you're in a place you're like, I don't know what to do next. And I love what we see in this story because there's a, we're going to get there in just a moment, but I'm going to jump ahead. There's a part. Can you go back to the previous slide real quick? Look at verse 27. This is a little sneak preview of what I'm about to say. I love this. Because to me, this is in many ways the fulcrum of this story. When she heard about Jesus. See, there's this previous situation giving you all the background detail, trying to help us understand, to enter into her world, to get a little empathy and to try to enter into the pain, suffering, the challenge, the hopelessness that she had, sort of setting us up. He's like, you know, this is, this is really bad, guys. But then he says, but wait a minute. There's a shift here. She heard about Jesus. Something happens when we hear testimonies. Something happens when we begin to talk with other people and they begin to share. Something happens when we hear the preaching of the Word of God. God's Word, God's God's kingdom being incarnated into our lives, into our church, through the ministry and the preaching of the gospel. Something happens when we go to life group and we hang out. We're sharing life together. We're hearing something comes alive. But she had to make a choice, right? She was stuck. And this is a very interesting point that a lot of us have to face. One of our biggest enemies, of course, is loss of hope. But the other is confining ourselves to a place of hopelessness, believing that there's no way out, believing that it's not going to change. It's like the person who maybe has an issue. They go get counseling a couple times and didn't really seem to work or be very effectual. They said, ah, giving up. And all of a sudden, they feel this little stirring again. They say, no, just try again. Maybe it's someone in a marriage, a difficult situation. They said, I've tried that. Have you ever either said those words or felt in your heart? I have. <laughs> I've been there about different situations in my life. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, I, I may have tried that once. But there's no telling what God can do in this moment. Just like this woman for 12 years, she had tried all that she had. She'd given everything that she had. And yet she had to make a choice because, you know what, her pain, her disappointment, her isolation became, as strange as it sounds, her comfort zone. He said, what kind of comfort? is that? no comfort at all. But she locked herself into that place and said, I'm not coming out for so long. But she heard about Jesus. You see, we're going to take the next step in our own personal walk with God and actually have faith that God could do something new in our lives. There's something that has to reawaken in us. When we hear about Christ, when you come to church and we worship and you sense God's presence, something comes alive again. We sing that the King is alive out of the ashes. Something awakens in us. That may be you today. Maybe you during the season of life. I've shared this story before at this church, I'm, I remember. But just briefly, for 30 seconds, let me just say, I battled depression for a while. That's, I'm not proud of that. I'm not embarrassed by it either, actually, to be honest. Because God has set me free. But it was a long journey. 
It was a journey that included counseling. It was a journey that included a lot of prayer. It was a journey that included a lot of different steps so that God could help me to learn how to handle my melancholic nature that I have at times. I'm so thankful. Because there were moments I'd wake up and I was like, I don't know if I can face today. I don't know if I can try that. And yet the more I've walked with Christ, I'm sure many of you have the same story. The longer I walk with him, the greater I see how wonderful his faithfulness is true. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. This woman, she heard about Jesus. So let me tell you a story real quick. I was with a friend in Stuttgart. Now, if you're in Germany, you don't say Stuttgart. You say Stuttgart. So I was in Stuttgart, and uh, we were hanging out with some friends, and my friend wanted to go on this uh, high ropes course. Now, this was a very unique high ropes course. I've been on them before. This was a suspension high ropes course that had no fixed points. So it literally, like, every station was floating and hanging from the ceiling, like, 50 feet up. Now, of course, you get a harness, but they put the little, you know, connection to the harness behind you so you actually don't see it, which is a good thing. You know, makes it gives a little bit more of that sense, ooh, I'm doing something dangerous. Of course, if you fall, you know, you're getting caught. But anyway, so I'm in the, he, he says, let's go do this high ropes course. So we're, we're talking, like, who's going to go first? And I said, ah, I'll go first, you know. I'm freaking out inside. I'm going to be honest, man. But, you know, you know, hanging out with, you know, hanging out with the, the, the guys, you know. You can do it. Oh, yeah, you can do it. Yeah, you afraid? No way, man. You afraid? No, man, let's do this. We're probably both freaking out, right? But we got this. So I put my harness on. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go first. So I, I come out to the edge of the, before I launch out to the deep, <laughs> hopefully not too deep, um, launch out to take that first step, right? And I was getting nervous. And I put my foot and it's not even like they're suspended a little bit. They're suspended from really high. So the opportunity to swivel and shift is actually pretty, pretty broad. So I take that first step and my foot goes, whoa. And I'm like, ah. But I let go. I'm holding on. Got one foot on safety and one foot on the other. And I totally launch out. And I'm now just shaking. Nothing. There's this one chain to hold on to. And I'm like, I'm freaking out. My heart goes, explode. And then I look over to my bold friend. His name is Justin. He's an awesome guy. But that day, he was not so awesome. He looked at me. I mean, his eyes now are like, boom, because he's watching probably my face. (laughs) And he's like, and he says to me, I can't do it, man. And he walked away. (laughs) (laughs) But now I'm in it. I'm like, there's no going back. So I, I... Hallelujah, I did make it. It was one of the most terrifying moments of my life, even though I knew it was harnessed. But it was that feeling that there was nothing ever fixed. For the next 30 minutes, you're constantly floating and fighting. Oh, it was a, but, you know, you get to the end, it was a great feeling. But there was that moment of letting go <laughs> and saying, I'm going to take that first step. It was scary. And, of course, I, the funny thing about it is I forgot pretty much the whole time. I, I knew it cognitively I knew I was safe but I was still nervous and it's such a beautiful picture of our walk and steps with God man you are safe you know how safe you are you are safe 
The sister sang about the ones because you are in grace. You are safe in the love and the mercy of God. And you take a step of faith and you think, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going to happen. And we forget that we're in the harness of God's grace in that moment. And so God's calling all of us as believers to take a next step. And that's what we're going to look at. But we just don't forget you are harnessed to God in his grace. Let's go to the, next, the, the, first, the first slide. So I have a couple of takeaways and ideas that I want you to ponder with me. And then we're going to bring a couple points of application right at the end. So let's go to the first, the first point. Takeaway number one. This woman, she believed that simply a simple encounter with Christ would change her life forever. Let me tell you, she lost it all, she spent it all, but she got to the place, she said, she heard about Jesus. See, something, when we, when we come to church, our hearts stir in us. But she had to make a choice. She had to take that first step. And I love it because, you know, Jesus says at the end her faith had made her whole. But what was her faith? So you could preach this all kind of different ways, but I think really the, em- the emphasis in the gospel, let's be abundantly clear. The emphasis in the gospel always points back to the king. It points back to him. It was not her abundance of faith. It was the person whom she had placed her faith in. It was Jesus. She realized she had tried her faith in all kinds of different things and she had come to the end of herself, but she heard about Jesus. She realized that an encounter with him could change her life forever. I want to say to you this morning, one encounter with Christ, maybe you've never experienced the presence of God. I'm telling you, the presence of God can change your life forever. Maybe you're in a place even in your marriage and you're saying, God, we need help. Listen, it's not just getting help. It's recentering your marriage in him, in Christ, but then also getting help to work through some of the issues that come up in marital strife. But it's the point that she reconciled and she had come to a place, no, if I can go to him. She said, if I can go to him. Can I invite you today? See, my sense even in my heart, even as I'm sharing this this morning, to some of us that, you may feel stuck just like this woman. It could be in your spiritual life. It could be in your work life. It could be in a relationship. It could be all kinds of different things. But the Spirit of the Lord is saying, hey, come. Come to Christ. Come. Let him touch you in this area. She believed that a simple encounter with Christ would change her life forever. And I'm telling you, a decision to open that area of your life to Christ could be a life-changing moment that you will look back for eternity. Take away number two. Let's go to the next one. The woman faced incalculable challenges and headwind to get unstuck and break out of her rut. But she went anyway. She had the crowd. She had lost hope. She had given everything. She had suffered... Imagine, the, the scripture says, she suffered under the care of doctors. What a horrible statement, right? You don't go to doctors to suffer from them, right? You know, they're like, okay, well, at least the doctor can help me. Oh, and they suffered. And some of you may have experienced that. Some of you have tried things and done things 
to hopefully get unstuck in your life and you found yourself suffering more. And so she faced an internal headwind. And this is the thing. I want to invite you today to allow hope to be reignited in you, allow faith to be reignited in you that God can work in your situation. God can restore that relationship. God can change your son's life. God can open that door for that job that you've been praying for. and you've been, God can change that mentality. He said, oh, I'll never get over it. I'm sure you have many testimonies like myself. But if I really look at myself and deeply authentic, and I try to be that because I look at my, my heart, my heart and my life without Jesus, I'm a freaking mess. <laughs> I really am. I don't know what I would be doing. I'd be bound in fear and anxiousness and depression and all this other junk. But, but, but because of Christ, in the face of opposition, at times when even personally all I could say was Jesus. All I could say is, Jesus, I trust you today. You know one of my most favorite prayers? Oh, it's a simple prayer. Everybody can pray it. So easy. I need you. Do you know what you do, when ha- what happens when you say I need you? There's so many things that happen. Number one, when you pray that simple prayer, Lord, I need you, you have brought yourself under submission again to Christ. You've acknowledged that he has something that you don't have enough of yourself. It basically says that, God, I acknowledge your lordship. I acknowledge your your savior. I acknowledge that you have all that I need in this moment. See, I don't think it's fancy prayers. I don't think it's sometimes even long prayers. I just think it's authentic prayers. God, I need you. And he says, I'm there. In fact, there's a scripture, one of my most favorite scriptures. He says, he, God opposes, James 4, 6. He opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Hmm. All you have to do is say, I need you. And you position yourself in the place of humility. And grace is released to you in that moment. Do you need grace? I need you. Before I preach this morning, God, I need you this morning. Last night I was working on some stuff. God, I need you this morning. God, I need you in my marriage. God, I need you. This is all that this woman was saying. She expressed her need by going to him, but she recognized that she needed an encounter with Christ in spite of the fact there were challenges. Takeaway number three. Let's go to the next slide. There's still a small, there's a still small voice in you that awakens you and compels you to take that step. So you can break out of the place that you're in so you can experience a breakthrough in Christ. Now, I use, the, I use this word breakthrough very loosely. And what I mean by breakthrough can, is that sometimes breakthrough is a moment, sometimes breakthrough is a process. But in Christ, there's a breakthrough to be had. Sometimes he initiates something for you that walks you through something. But I want to invite you today. See, I believe that some of you even today Maybe it's that decision to become a follower of Jesus for the first time. Maybe it's the decision God's been speaking to you for a while about accepting baptism and identifying with Christ, going under the water, being buried with him and coming out alive in Christ. Or maybe it's giving up a habit. Maybe it's surrendering something. Maybe it's welcoming the presence of God back into that area of your life. Because maybe you said, I don't know if I can trust you 
with that area of this, uh, that area of my life, Christ. But something tells you today. Come, take that next step to Him. Come walk to Christ. She heard about Jesus. She'd lost it all. She had no hope. But she made a decision. I'm going to go to the one that I know that can do something. I don't know why I do it. I don't know why I can go for days without praying about something that so bothers me. (laughs) I don't know why I can be so afflicted in my soul. I mean, like thinking about it. I'm over analytical. I analyze anything. I analyze my analysis. And I just, and I I analyze the analysis of my analysis. It's just bad. And then like three days will go by. Now, the the still small voice, which had been speaking to me, I'm sure quite all along, but I just hadn't heard it. Hey, Brian, why don't you pray? That's a really good idea. Yeah, why don't I give this to God? Whoa, you think I've been pastoring for 20 years or in ministry that I might have learned this a little bit faster. No, I'm still there. Help, you can pray for me, please. Give it to him. Can you take the next step today? What is it in your life? What's that thing? Let's not settle in our pain and our disappointment and our hopelessness. Let's not settle with just think, well, it's just the, hey, listen, in Christ, it never has to be. It's just the way it is. There are challenges we will face. But at least we know that the Holy Spirit can change our heart. He can change our perspective. He can give us hope even in the midst of the challenge as we go through it. That's what this woman did. She made a choice to take the next step. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. Can you throw up the next four slides real quick? I'm going to read these four points. What's something you can do today? Let me bring this to a close. Number one, set your focus anew, just like this woman, on the source of faith. It's Christ himself. There's a lot of teaching in the body of Christ about faith, and I just so appreciate so much of what God has done through people, but it's not about the amount of faith you have this morning. It's about who you have it in, in him. Put your faith in him. He he can do something new. Number two, spend time with people that bring you higher in your faith and walk with Christ. She heard about Jesus. Well, how are you going to hear about Jesus? Okay, now there's all kinds of things we can do today, you know, podcasts, YouTube, blah, blah, blah. but I would say that's good, but you need community. You need these community groups. You need to do cooking with, uh, where's the guy? Man, I want to cook with, well, he's not even here. I want to learn how to cook. Actually, oh, thank you. Actually, my wife would be very thankful if I went to your community group. Man, we need the community. Faith comes out of that place. Next, next, uh, next point. Immerse yourself into God's living word. I know that seems basic, but sometimes it's the basic stuff that we just need to be rooted in. It's actually not complicated. How many of you know Christianity is really not complicated? We often have made it complicated. Christ is there. He died for us. He rose again. He's the Savior of the world. He's Lord, and He's coming back again. He heals. He sets people free. He loves you. And when you say, I need you, His grace is there. It's really not complicated. Immerse yourself into God's Word to get rooted in truth. And last point. Listen 
today to that small voice. And I ask you, what's your next step? Small voice of the Holy Spirit, trust God's grace today to help you take that next step. What's your next step today? Can we stand together? since the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today. Would you raise your hand? God's working. Speaking to me. <laughs> I needed to hear this today. She heard about Jesus. She was stuck in her disappointment, disillusionment. She was stuck maybe in her overanalysis. Maybe some of you are stuck in a situation you just think, oh, just don't know what I'm going to do. Can I encourage you today? Pray that simple prayer. I need you. I need you in this area of my life, God. I need you in my marriage. I need you in, I need wisdom, God, in this area. I need to know, I need to know how to raise my son right now. That's a prayer I'm praying right now. There's a couple things going on with my middle son. He's great. He loves God. And, but there's a couple things. I'm like, God, I need wisdom. I can't do this on my own. But the moment we say, I can't do this on my own, which is scary in of itself, it's sort of letting go of that place where my foot was fixed and jumping onto that high ropes course and shaking and forgetting that the, the harness of grace was on me. But the moment you let go, you give God that opportunity for his grace to sweep into that area of your life, to change that situation. That is good news. <laughs> and that is a good God. I'm going to pray right now. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit. We're going to invite him. So we're going to tell him, I said, I need you today in this, whatever area of your life is. And then I'm going to give an opportunity of people, if you're here and you've never made the step of faith towards salvation, I'm going to give you an opportunity for that. And there's also going to be an opportunity to respond for baptism today. Let's pray together. Can we do that? With every head bowed and every eyes closed. I, for some people that may be a little uncomfortable, you don't have to do that. But I do it just so I can focus on the Lord. God, I just pray for every person in this room this morning. God, I sense your presence and your spirit speaking. Speaking to me. And God, I have times I've been I've been trapped in my own disappointment, trapped in other things, and just like that woman. But then she heard about Jesus. She heard about you. And Lord, we. We've encountered you again today in the service. We've encountered you through the ministry of life groups or um, the connect groups here. And Lord, I know that you're doing something in people's hearts this morning. And we just lift our hands to you this morning. We just tell you we need you. We need you, Lord. We need your presence. We need your grace. We need your power in our lives. We can't do it on our own. But you give us power, you give us strength, you give us your anointing, you give us your Holy Spirit so that we can walk in a greater place. We come to you and we find hope, we find faith, we find grace, we find breakthrough. And we find grace to sustain us in this journey. Lord, I thank you. Just whatever that area is in your life right now, just give it to him. Just tell them. You can do it under your breath. You can do it in your heart, however you want to do it. But just confess your need of Christ in that area. What is that thing he's speaking to you about today?
Lord, you see the hearts. You see the longing. Oh, Holy Spirit. We love you so much. We confess that we need you. Now, maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've been coming to the church for a while, but you've never made that decision. Maybe this is your first Sunday and just kind of taking it all in, but something tells you it's, it's time to be, make that decision to be a follower of Jesus. I know we have a, one of the pastors who stands in. Where, where do they stand? This brother's going to be over here. I'm going to make two calls. And then during this next worship song, you can go to him, and then Pastor Paul is going to transition out of the song. Is that okay, Pastor? But if you're here today, and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I want to invite you. Let this be your day. There's no better decision when you make that decision to follow Jesus. He's so good. You're simply saying, I believe that Jesus, you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. And I want to give my life to you. I want to follow. I don't know, I don't know how it's all going to work out. I know there's a lot to learn. But simply saying, I want to be a follower of Jesus. And I put my faith and hope in you for assurance of salvation just a moment. I'm going to let you do that. But also, if you're here today and you said, you know what? I want to be baptized. I've been praying about this and thinking about this. I want to make that decision. I want to receive, I want to accept baptism today. Pastor over here will also be willing to speak to you during this song. Let's pray again and then we'll sing this song. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for every person in this room that you're speaking to about becoming a follower of Christ. Lord, if they're here, Lord, I pray that during the song that they would just go be able to go and talk to pastor or maybe they want a, a, want to receive baptism today and, and, and yeah, just to acknowledge that public confession going into the water, being buried with you, Lord. I just pray that they would take that next step of faith today and in boldness but in confidence that you are with them and that they are a child of God that they would be able to go and just to do that today and take that next step. Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' name.